0: So it's the part of the show where I say engage because it's our starship.
1: What's up, my miners of intelligence and consciousness? I'm Rick Brooks, and this is Rick's Mind. We've got a fireside chat today, and we're going to do our best I'm always going to be good at keeping it positive, but DeMarco is going to do his best at not bringing this to a bummer cast. There will be times where we go there. I'm always tempted. That, <laughs> no, we're probably, it'll probably get depressed. It'll probably be depressing. <laughs> well, dude, um, we were talking a little bit off air, and... You went on a trip. I did. I would love to hear about this trip that you went on.
0: Uh, I went on a really beautiful trip to um, Mushroom Town. uh, Psilocybin Psilocybin Mushroom Town, that is. Um, So this past week was my birthday and my wife's birthday. Her birthday is on the 18th and mine is on the 23rd of September. Um, And so we kind of just, because they're so close, we just do birthday week, which is always a blast um so becca was really big on wanting to try to do that was what she wanted to do for her birthday she wanted to try psilocybin mushrooms again because she had had them once but it was you know kind of lackluster and i think it was like on a whim with a group of friends when they've been drinking so it probably really didn't work very well but um my partner from my band glitter wolf mike had he had done them a, a few months ago And had sent us a bunch of ideas about, like, you know, how to go about it, what to do. So we kind of followed his to a T, like, you know, didn't eat or drink any, like, eat anything for, like, six hours or drink anything for a good couple hours. So our stomachs were, like, truly empty. Uh, We spent the whole day before just getting our life in order so that we didn't have to worry about any kind of logistical stuff. Like, oh, no, it's 9 o'clock and we're too stoned to, I don't know, do the dishes or something. So... Mm -hmm. We, uh, you know, went through the house, covered the mirrors, you know, we got sushi for dinner, but put it in the fridge to have after and, uh, just, you know, made tea and started vibing out watching, um, her name is Nora in pure. She's a kind of like a chill kind of deep house musician. She has a series of performance videos that are on YouTube that highly recommended to check out. They're a combination of her. You know, on DJ decks out in the middle of nature, and then it's cut back and forth between her and then a drone flying around wherever they were. And this particular one was, I believe, in the Dolomites in Italy. So it's gorgeous, you know, background. So we're just hanging, watching this, and, you know, it starts to kick in. Everything starts to get kind of, you know, feel kind of wavy. And, you know, it, it was different than what I expected because just I had never done any kind of hallucinogen at all. And so I was kind of basing my experience or my potential experience on like just what other people have told me or what I've seen in media or whatever but it was so much different than I expected and so incredible like genuinely like transformational um and like when we started my Mike had given us a like a gave us a like a laundry list of suggestions like you know don't eat before Uh, cover the mirrors that kind of stuff and one of the things he said me told me was one of the things he said me what is wrong with me one of the things he told me was the one thing that stuck with me is whatever you do don't fight it just let it happen let it take you where it wants to take you and that's where it's gonna you're gonna need to go it's where your brain wants to go so the whole night kind of just became that theme of you know let it happen like we had planned to just be the two of us at home with our dogs just hanging out and ha- like <laughs> right as we start peeking uh our old neighbor uh Calvin who a uh, wonderful wonderful dude i love him uh just showed up because we hadn't seen him in a bit so he came to see how we were he had just come back from this like huge adventure where in the span of like 24 hours he found a car on like a police or insurance auction website in California, bought a plane ticket, flew to California, bought the car for like pennies on the dollar and then spent like, it was like something out of hot rod magazine. Like he spent like, I don't know, uh, six hours there fixing the car to get it running. And then he drove it home from Southern California.
1: Oh wow. Yeah.
0: And so he, we were one of the first people in town that he wanted to show. So he came by and it was funny cause he knocks on the door and both of us are peeking and I'm like, uh, there's someone at the door and Becca's just like, well, I'm not going to answer it. And I'm like, uh, babe, there's someone at the door. We kind of have to, it's not like we're upstairs. You can hear music and stuff. They know we're here. So yeah. she answers the door and she's, it's so funny. She pulls the door open and sticks her head around. And she's like, Hey Calvin, just so you know, uh, we just had some stuff. So we're, we're a little loopy right now. And he was like, that's cool, whatever. So it hadn't, totally started kicking in yet for me I was just kind of like if it was different than anything I've had because it was like you can pull yourself in and out of it you know Mm -hmm. if you want to go somewhere else you're totally able to but like with like the snap of a finger you can just come right back to where you need to be Um, and I'm used to mostly like weed is the only thing that I really use besides that and it's more of that's more of like you, you kind of put like blinders on you know and it helps you focus or calm down so we go out in the front yard, and we're underneath, you know, by a fence underneath this huge like uh, it's probably like a hundred and fifty foot dug fur, and it's like just at sunset, so it's really pretty. We're standing out looking at his car, and he pops the hood, so we're looking at it, and I'm like, starting to feel it. Becca's like way in it, but she, she's small, like she's only like five foot four, so like she gets like shit faced off one beer. So she's (laughs) she's already like literally over in the corner, just staring off at the clouds. Um, And I was like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know if it starts work, if it's working. And then just all of a sudden it was like everything changed, but didn't Um, the best, the best way I can explain it is it was like the artistic vision that I have in my head the way that I grade color or color grade photos was that became my reality. It was so cool. And I'm sitting here and I'm standing here next to Calvin. I'm looking at this, you know, gorgeous Hemi engine in this ridiculous Dodge Magnum thing. It's like a luxury performance hearse. And I look over at him and he's like kind of glowing pink. And it's Mm -hmm. like, he, it looks like he has like, when you do it, when you, um, develop a photo and you just crank the contrast to make it ever. It looks just like super intense. Looked at him. I looked at the, looked at the engine again. Engine looks fine. Looked over at the tree next to me. And there's all these like patterns and stuff. And they look like faces because humans anthropomorphizing, whatever, but all these faces in these, in the trees. And it's like the trees looking at me. And it's like, I see all these faces and each face has, it's like has a background and a story and a history and feelings and emotions. And it just, I feel so connected to nature. And then I looked back at the engine, normal engine. I looked at the fence and the fence looked back at me, looked back at me and was just like, this is pretty dope, right? And I was honestly just in my head like, yeah, fence, this is dope. I am so (laughs) into this. And it just looked, everything was just like, and I, you know, looking around the sky. So it's like right at sunset and it had rained earlier. So it was just this gorgeous, like soft blue light, but everything kind of had this like, pinkish hue to it and i i realized that i was trying to think like what is this doing to my brain and so i'm thinking like photographer it it, some your pupils dilate right they become like Mm -hmm. dinner plates it's like when you open the aperture of a camera that you get all the extra light in and then also you have a much, much sm- like smaller depth of field. So what's in focus, right? That's what it felt like. And so then I realized after that, I my eyes are literally more open. I'm seeing more light. So I was like, oh my God, I'm seeing UV light. You know, so like looking at any any plant, anything that had chlorophyll in it, it all had this kind of like really purplish pinkish hue to it. Like almost like a like an aura, but it was just kind of like, Diffuse, like when you look through like uh, the just little film red and blue 3D glasses kind of thing, like the color layers are shifted, uh, was incredible. And so, you know, we just kind of go with it. And then Calvin ended up hanging hanging out the whole evening and kind of just like keeping an eye on us sort of because he was just stone cold sober the whole time. Um, And we were talking, sitting on the couch. And at one point, I kind of just drifted off in my head. And I'm just thinking like... The one thing, like I said, the one thing that just keep, kept coming to me is Mike saying, don't fight it, let it happen. And I realized that I've been having this summer has been a really tough summer for me in terms of like mental health. I've been up and down, anxious and depressed and had a lot of issues with things that st- uh, stem from PTSD. In it like to the point where my anxiety was so bad that the Adderall that I take for my ADHD was I might as well not have taken it. It was so ineffective just because I was so anxious That in that moment, everything just melted away and I felt calm. And like, I genuinely don't prior to that, genuinely do not remember the last time that I felt like that, like calm, like truly present centered, like in the moment, because it's for a long time, it's felt like I'm there, I'm doing stuff, but I've had this like kind of weird disconnect between like me and my head. And like what my body is doing, it's like I, it's it's a it's dissociation, but it's not like where I'm like losing hours, blocks of time. it's like my, it's like my brain was microdosing dissociation, where I'd just be like walking out of the kitchen and then I get this like really weird feeling like of just like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm just walking through the living room, but I'm really not it doesn't feel like I'm here, and I just zapped there, and I realized that all of these anxieties that I've been having about the pandemic kind of like not really ending but like changing to where everything's kind of going back to normal even though it's not uh of being the two of us being independent again because my parents finally bought a house and they'll be moving out soon uh me kind of just like trying to be freelance and actually like, you know, like panicking, like, how am I going to find gigs? How am I going to make money to support us and help us? And then I just realized, well, dummy, you're doing it. Like, you know, and I, I know like in a con- conversations we've had, like I remember six months ago, you know, you were right. You're like, look at you, you're doing it. You are freelance. You're, you're financially independent on your own and only by your own work. And I really had to think about it. And it's like last year when I like, technically started pushing for my own business i only got like a couple photo gigs and then some other audio stuff that i did but this year i've had one big gig every single month since february mm-hmm. and i'm still going to i have books stuff booked now all the way until march and april i think and see, next year and that's
1: and, and your it's part of that Creating your own reality, man. Yeah. And what you're dealing with is fear. You're letting fear. You were mm-hmm. letting fear. You were letting it dictate. Like, you were letting it immobilize you, and, and it was just wreaking havoc and Very panic so. in your brain. Yeah. And then the the mushrooms, hopefully, and I do believe that allowed you to see that I'm being ridiculous, and you're wasting energy on yeah. worrying about stuff that's taken care of.
0: Yeah, because I, I just kept thinking, like, you're doing it. You're making money. You're. It's like don't worry because it will happen. It always. And, and I. And like consciously before this is. I. I have this like, when I. I had been. I had this weird dichotomy in my head where I'm like, oh well, I'm personally going to be fine. It will work out for me. I know it. But at the same time, I'm just like, fuck. What am I going to do? You know. And it, it was just. It was just like it was gone. And then. The next, so the rest of the night was just, you know, hanging out, enjoying the colors, chatting, goofing, whatever. You know, I slept the best I had slept in. I honestly don't even know how long. I, I've been having, I have insomnia and I go through bouts of insomnia for like a couple weeks at a time every few months. But I, I, I slept like I felt rested, I felt refreshed, and I hadn't felt like that in. I don't know how long, honestly. And like I got up, it was a Sunday morning when I woke up. I woke up early. I stayed up till three in the morning. I woke up <laughs> at like, I just, I stayed up till like three in the morning, watching TV, watching YouTube in bed, slept, woke up around nine, got up and like, you know, took the dog outside, fed her, made some coffee and then sat for about 20 minutes drinking coffee. And then I was just, I had this motivation. I was just like, I'm going to go clean the kitchen and I haven't felt that motivated to do that in, in, in six plus months and like I'm putting, putting dishes away, I open the drawer and I'm just like, man, this thing is a fucking disaster. It's totally unorganized. So then I organized it and it's like the thing, so coincidentally, before we did the shrooms, we were watching the documentary Fantastic Fungi Mm -hmm. and at one point, when they're talking about psilocybin mushrooms, they mention that the way that they work is that they don't work like marijuana or heroin or opiates. That there's an already built-in path in the brain for those uh, those chemicals. The mushrooms, what they do is they make you create. They don't use. They use your neural paths that are already there, but they actually encourage your brain to create new neural paths. Which makes sense why it would be so effective for PTSD and depression, because that's what PTSD and depression do is they make you create disordered neural paths. And like, I just had this epiphany that it's like, it helped me realize like my pattern recognition in terms of like problem solving, creativity, everything has like non, not hyperbolically has like come back to me, you know, because before... I'm still very it was still very creative but it was just I was just kind of at the mercy of my creativity when it flowed I was in and when it didn't I was just kind of like fuck I guess I could try to get it going but since this was now a week or so ago I've done it once more since then and I've been more creative and felt more creative and in control of my brain than I have in probably five years it's uh, it's incredible and like I knew after just, after that first trip, it was just like, and I didn't even have that much. I had a gram, which I think I looked at a calculator for somebody. I'm about 240, about 510, said that I think for that, they said a a proper dose would be like uh, two grams or a gram and a half maybe. So it was Mm -hmm. like a half to two thirds of a full dose. And I got the colors and stuff, but damn, man, it's so effective and so... Well, I, Just, i've
1: i also i've also noticed you've been more willing to take risks yeah in terms of like our our working relationship right you're you're actually like more more aggressive and yeah more willing to take risks so you're you it's and that's been very i mean it's good for the podcast
0: yeah as well I, and it's been like um you know there it, it's this this has kind of become my motto like two, twofold the like you know don't fight it, let it happen. But then also um, send it and find out. And I, mm-hmm. I got that from uh, when my friend Corey came for our wedding, he you know, he and I have been friends since we were like 10 years old. and he's, he's a mechanic, He used to work for a race team. so he's he was showing me this TV show or his YouTube show that it's on the Subaru uh, factory account. And they have this series it's called Launch Control and it's like a kind of like a hard knock style, episodic documentary series about the Subaru factory rally team in the North American rally championship. Mm -hmm. And there's an episode, Travis Pastrana has been driving for Subaru rally now for probably like 10 years. There was an episode where he was filming one of his Gymkhana stunts where he's supposed to jump across a building, down a ramp, immediately hard 90 degree turn, 180 degree turn and go down to continue. And one of the scenes he's, you know, he's done it a couple times and he can't quite get the timing right. And he's it's him talking to one of the engineers and he's just like, I don't know what to do. Either I go for it and i'm too slow and my time sucks or i go for it i'm too fast and i end up in a brick wall and the guy's like fuck man what are you gonna do and he's like i don't know i'm gonna send it and find out (laughs) so like send it and find out like that has become my my motivation to just fuck it You know what's the worst that happens? It doesn't work, or I lose some money. Who cares? You know
1: exactly, exactly, man. And life's too short to think in any other way. Like, Mm -hmm. like, that's. I'm a big proponent. I just finished this book called um, "The 10x Rule" by Grant Cardone, Mm -hmm. and he's like massive fucking action at all time. Mm -hmm. If you start planning, and listen, I'm not gonna knock planning or anything. Planning is good, but he's like, if you start to think about a plan and before you actually take action, you've already lost. Yeah, and that's why everything. I go head first and everything and say, "Fuck it, I'll figure the rest out later." That's, I will figure it out later. That has been my my get, way
0: too. You know,
1: you have to start working on it now. You have to start working on it now, mm-hmm. and and that's. You know, that's that's served me very very well in life, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm glad that the magic mushrooms revealed these truths to you.
0: It's it's kind of like all these things, like like what you're talking about, going headfirst into stuff and not being afraid of failure. I I've been doing that probably most of my whole life. You know, I've had a whole lot of shit to fight against in my life that's really helped me become very strong, and I've always been like good with taking risks never never scared me you know away from something but what this did was kind of almost give me the perspective to see myself in a a, kind of in a in an external way the way that like my loved ones do or like you do that it's like shit i can do this i am doing this just do it bro just don't think about it just fucking do it you know
1: yeah exactly and then you're gonna have times where like i mean i know i do um I did a lot of writing, which I'm getting back. I'm gonna get back into. I'm gonna good, write something. Good, good, good. Um, I freaked the fuck out because I would put my most, my innermost thoughts and insecurities and ideas. Mm-hmm. Out to the world on the Church of the Chubby. I was writing down everything I was eating. I got to get back in. It's winter. Winter's coming.
0: It's yeah. going down. Yeah. Fuck it, I'm going to be sad and in a room uh, I'm going to
1: write. going to fucking
0: Justin Vernon yourself to, uh, yeah, my, my, <laughs> to a great book. But it, it terrified
1: me. And, I, and at times I would, I would just sit back at night thinking, like, what the fuck did I just do? I just let every uh, potentially thousands – of strangers into my like brain. Like that's terrifying. People are what mm-hmm. if I what if there's a typo and then eventually it's like, I don't fucking care. Right. It felt good to get it out there and express it. Good. You know, what I what I did was real and it was my truth and it was great it's 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 better than someone that takes a picture and puts it on instagram and you, you know like i'm mm-hmm. actually that's how i that's how i justified it to myself not a right. knock on you know posting shit oh, on instagram no. but but just like i and be prepared for that man be prepared for those demons to come up but the, that's the resistance and that's uh steven mm-hmm. pressfield he had a book about that ooh what what's the name of the book Stephen Pressfield, you said. Stephen Pressfield. I think it's the uh, War of War on Art or the Art something like that.
0: Pressfield, Stephen Pressfield. The Uh, War of Art. The War of Art. Yeah, the War. Yeah, I got it. The War
1: of Art. That's a fantastic book. You should read it. Ten out of ten. Would recommend it. Okay. And it's just about this thing, the resistance with a capital R, and it's that that little voice inside of y- yourself or with inside of us that tells us that we're not good enough mm-hmm. and that we suck and and if you listen to that voice and you've given into the resistance so every day he lives his life as as if he were at war with that resistance right like yeah. to get better um and i you know i couldn't i'm I'm so proud of everything that you've been able to accomplish during the vid and i'm so proud that you now believe in yourself and that you you're 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 not you're not walking in in fear and you're not making excuses you're taking extreme ownership for your life you know like mm-hmm. you you now believe that life is happening for you yeah not to you yeah. and that's a beautiful thing man that's empowering and that's the message that's what this podcast and that's what my mission is mm-hmm. is is that we're all the captain of our own spaceships yeah right we all in in my we all control our own destiny and we can all we we all can tap into we can all we can all tap into our, our potential, man. And I think yeah. that that's the biggest problem that we have in society is that we just, there's so much fucking potential that is wasted, right? There's yeah. so many people that are just aren't trying and are just fucking going through life and not giving it
0: their all. Right. And it's amazing to me because like all of these, like, it's like I had said, all of these things I know, you know, deep down about myself and it, I've been doing them my whole life. I mean, like just random shit that I've done, like- you know, I dropped out of college when I was 19 and a half, 20, because I was just bored and didn't know what I wanted to study. And then I started, I just like on a whim started selling clothes on eBay and it turned into a sustainable business for like three, four years,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, like it, not most people don't do that, you know, and no. it, it, it's just, it's, it's like, yeah, it, it gave me the confidence and also the uh, like a wider perspective of just what to think of and what was happening that, you know, like there's, I've had, I've had a few struggles with like creative block or creative burnout since I left school, but it, it's amazing to me, like this book, they don't teach like in conservatory, at least the one I went to, they don't, they don't teach uh, any kind of psychology, you know, like there's probably a back psych class you could take but like there's no courses about like how to deal with like you know like this type of stuff how to deal with creative block how to try to you know help yourself to relax or trick your brain to just start working again and it would be much more useful to people who are professional creatives or even not professional creatives that just happen to go to art school and don't go into professional art it's still useful you know that there's not a, not more taught to people about actually knowing how to work with your brain, you know, and make your brain work for you and be in control of it.
1: There's, I mean, I I really don't think that if you're, I'll explain this. If you're a curious person, like you'll find resources in which people are telling you, like, Mm -hmm. Andrew Huberman, Huberman Labs podcast is a great podcast mm-hmm. about how your brain works, how science, how 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 science you can use science to enhance your life and mm-hmm. to you know to control your brain. And he talks about a ton tons of stuff there. You know, Wim Hof's another one. The the power of breathing. Like there are a lot of teachers out there. It's mm-hmm. just you got to fucking turn off the TV, yeah. get on the net, stay off Facebook, and figure it out. <laughs>
0: Honestly, though. Read some, yeah,
1: read some goddamn books. Yeah, I mean the, the information has never been more available, and it's never been cheaper. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can go to a thrift store and buy a book for two bucks or a dollar. You could, you could get, you, you could, you could fucking get books for free from the library. Like, mm-hmm. it is so easy now to be great. It's just, are you willing to do? There's a lot right. more distractions than yeah. there's ever been yeah. too. It's like what is that so, Bo
0: Burnham song? This is like. Uh, have a little bit of everything all of the time, you know, like <laughs> yep. that, I mean, that's another thing that happened to me, like, you know, a month ago or so I saw that Bo Burnham inside special for the first time. And that's the first time I've ever seen any piece of media that like, you know, I'm watching this in like an hour in I'm just, I'm floored at how good it is from a creative perspective. Like of here's, he's it's like, the songs are great. The photography is great. The, the shot selection is incredible. The cinematography of it is beautiful and then it just hit me like when he's uh, he's singing the one of the songs i don't remember where he he's talking about gen z and he says something like don't come crawling back to me when you get diagnosed with a personality disorder in your late 20s and it's just like oh fuck this is me you know and then it just keeps going and it's like at that moment that was the beginning of when i started to snap out of it and it was the mushrooms that was just the kick in the pants to really get me out cuz i'm watching this thing and i'm like Here's a dude, yes, he's He's got a career already, he has a lot of success, he acts, has access to resources, I don't, but he's sitting in one room and he's surrounded by a laptop, a MIDI keyboard, a microphone, a, a, ca- a couple cameras, and a bunch of lighting equipment. And I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with me? You know, all summer I've been struggling to be creative, all year, for a, a whole year, I've been struggling to be consistently creative, and here's a dude who's doing it in a room, and I have no excuse because I have literally every single analogous piece of equipment he has. That I'm just like, fucking put a camera in the corner of your room and make a movie, dude. Just yeah. just do it. So, like, it's, it's like you said, it's made me feel... Made me more in touch with my confidence that I can get myself to be just like, fuck it, let's do it. So, you know, I... I kind of started by, like, I built a new computer that's, like, an absolute fucking beast. I'm going to start, like, you know, I'm doing a lot of, you know, my own, like, creative work and stuff and, you know, all the work that has to be done for our show. But I'm going to try to start doing, like, uh, not necessarily video game streaming, but, like, episodic uh, videos of playing video games there's the my particular favorite video game is called city skylines that it's a city building simulator but it's like a big puzzle game um and there's a bunch of youtube creators that i love that you know build cities and watch and i'm just like i could do this i do this all the time what's the the mm-hmm. only difference is plan ahead record it turn your microphone on and just goof for an hour save it render it put it on youtube who knows Good to go. you know maybe people watch maybe they don't but at least it's fun you know
1: exactly exactly it's 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 what you do i mean and is there a game that i could get on like to destroy the cities that you've built though
0: <laughs> i mean I could you could do? get the same game and i could email you my save games that there's it's oh. like did you ever play sim city oh dude i'm not a nerd bro okay no. all right <laughs> well, you know you never know i mean no but i i mean yeah it is that i i gotta say I did not see coming that in my thirties, I would both be like again mentally unstable all the time, and develop a really deep fascination with city planning. Who knew? It's 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 really cool. It's really interesting.
1: Could you? Could you? you, I didn't even. I didn't even know that. I bet there's a a bunch of people that are into that. Oh yeah. Dude, before we get off track, yeah. We do have to talk about China. Oh, making. Can, I'm going to get um, a
0: clip. I'm going to get a clip to put over me when I'm saying this of Donald Trump going, China. Just like.
1: <laughs> they, they, so what they made, they made all uh, cryptocurrencies illegal, correct?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had, when was that? A couple months ago? When mm-hmm. it was right before they banned video mm-hmm. games, too. Uh, they, they had. They banned video games? Yeah. They, that was, that nice. was like a month ago. They, um, they banned what did they did they banned a release the they banned the sale of new video games or the sale of video games or release of video games for a certain amount of time and they also made it uh that I believe it's anyone under the age of twenty is is somehow limited to one hour per day of gaming and i ha- I have no clue how the fuck they're gonna do that
1: I don't either but listen I'm not gonna i am a hundred percent anti-government but mm-hmm. like, like low-key i'm like oh, that's not a bad idea like i would never vote uh, for anything like that i would never know. i'm just saying i'm super anti-video game why See, uh,
0: here's the, well hold on no this is an interesting topic right so no. i mean i both of us are about the same age you remember like or do you well you're not a nerd do you remember like back when grand theft auto three came out like in like okay, 2001 wait,
1: are, you talk, are, you t- are you talking like motherfucking Vi like play state
0: yeah like vice city okay, gta3 I I, I I played the shit out of vice oh yeah city. who didn't who didn't okay i did so that time do you remember somebody named jack thompson he was just a random fucking attorney from florida who got a bee in his bonnet about how violent video games were ruining the youth of america and tried to <gasps> oh, do everything yeah. to get violent video games banned and about Two years after that, when it was still going, uh, there was a massive psychological study that came out. I'll have to find it. I'll put it in the show notes that it was like the exact opposite of what everybody, the whole like Tipper Gore, satanic panic, cultural bullshit that was going on in the 90s was that it at the time, like, say, back in 1980, video games were technically an antisocial behavior because the majority of people didn't participate in it it was a very very small amount of people it pulled people away from socializing and talking but now because video games are probably the most popular hobby period among anyone but at that time among the youth that kids that didn't play video games were actually participating in antisocial behavior and there and they, I don't know how many different vectors they had. None of them correlated to anything about co- uh, like resulting in playing, you know, Grand Theft Auto, Vice City, and just mowing down hookers with a gun. <laughs> to reality of, you know, it was like the like Dylan Roof and what's his face from Columbine. You know, they tried to blame that whole thing on Marilyn Manson and Ozzy Osbourne, is saying that like their music oh, yeah. made them evil. Fucking bullshit. Evil made them evil. They were, they the FBI was notified about them like how many times we're, we're,
1: we're a little we're a little bit off the ski this so. is true we were talk, yeah, but we're, like we're, we're, we're,
0: we're, so it's like I understand being personally anti-video games it's like it's not for me I don't enjoy it don't have the attention span blah 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 just being blanket anti-video games outside of yourself is just close-minded I guess hold on
1: that's not that's not that's not um, I'm not gonna say that's wrong because that definitely I'm saying policy wise I'm, oh, yeah. I'm all about f- Freedom, dude. Do Freedom, the fuck. but you know what
0: the government should yeah. do? Ban video yeah. games. No, 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 no. <laughs> I did. I never.
1: I never said that. I said. I said I would never vote for something like that. I think it's stupid, mm-hmm. but I said deep down, I'm like, man, it's kind of a good idea. The reason I say that is I look at a lot of the problems we have, mm-hmm. but I, you know, and I could be blaming it on all the wrong. there are probably some guys that are fucking or and women men and women mm-hmm. that are shredded that play video games all the time, still find time to go to the gym, get outside, go on hikes, do mm-hmm. all that stuff. guarantee you you don't have, but I'm talking about people that play non-stop but well, again, yeah i mean that's you know,
0: that's you're taking the most extreme possible case and applying a blanket to everyone
1: that's what i associate when i video games just scare the shit out you of just me. think of that's the like
0: total anti-social dude living in his basement no, 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 playing no, no, no. second not, life not, for I'm, 20 I'm, hours a day yeah,
1: i'm not saying i'm saying like i have i'm all in or all out that's mm-hmm. my that's that's just how I roll. and I know uh, the reason I'll never play a video games. I'm afraid I'd play them and be like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and I'd get all into it. Uh, I was lucky enough to when I was a child, uh, I, and I never beat Grand Theft Auto. My brother did, so I would just mm-hmm. like get all the cheat codes and murder people. Like, sure, I mean that's I did, what I did. I, I beat
0: it. them, but that's mostly what I did too. <laughs>
1: and so, so but then there was this other game that was on PS2. Mm-hmm. It was a stupid snowboarder game, and there was one level oh, SSX. that I couldn't. I don't know. It could have been. I that. guarantee you, it's SSX. Uh, but and and so there's one the one level that I just couldn't beat, and I lost my goddamn mind. Mm-hmm. I, I was so angry, and I remember throwing the remote <laughs> at the TV and looking out outside. And thinking yeah fuck this i'm gonna go fish. and i never put and i never played i didn't say the f word i was like
0: man screw this i'm 12 uh, i'm gonna go catch a fish
1: yeah but that, that was it and that was it i never looked back really? never played video games ever again just was, never it was see i
0: i video games were always have been huge like i've been playing video games since i was a literal infant like playing dos games on on my mom's computer um I personally like I mean I played console games mostly but now probably post age 16 PC games are really they always have been but like I I only have a PC now I don't I actually have a PlayStation 4 it's in a drawer somewhere I never use it um I oh, use dude, a, You should
1: you should sell it.
0: Honestly, I it, might what? because I for my birthday I got a 4K Blu-ray player so now I have absolutely no reason to own a PlayStation anymore.
1: So wait, wait, is it is are we on, like, PS5? Is that yeah. the iteration Yeah, right PlayStation now? Oh, 5 and
0: Xbox One, I think is what it's called. Like, I'm not sure. The Xbox naming thing is. But, yeah, PlayStation 5 is where they are. Um, I really genuinely, like, I've had a PlayStation 4 since it came out. And I, you know, for a long time, I my computer was not good enough to, to game. And then once I upgraded it, then that was probably... Half of my gaming, and then mostly console, and f- probably for the past four years, I'm exclusively PC. I literally only ever used my uh, PlayStation as a Blu-ray player. It, I mean, it is, like, the PS4 was the best Blu-ray player on the market at the time. Um, now it's just a pain in the ass, because you don't have it. There's no remote control. It's only you have to use the, con- the, the controller on it, and it's just awkward. Talk, talk about a failed
1: technology. Blu-ray failed. It did it, though. I mean, I'm going to say yes, it did, because I think that the, I don't think that, let me, how do I phrase this? I think that we are past discs. I think that there's a small minority of people, and actually, and if you're of this minority, I actually think you're smart and you're correct.
0: I'm in the minority uh, that I love and, and, and physical you, media. You,
1: you, you like to have that, mm-hmm. you like to, have, I think you're smart. Just in case I've always, when, happens, when music
0: streaming started. Uh but well before internet music streaming started, when iPods first came out and it was about like either buying digital music or ripping CDs, I never, ever, ever bought digital. Mu- I think I maybe bought like three albums in my entire lifetime digitally. Everything else, unless it's like indie music through Bandcamp, it's I buy I bought CDs. Like I I have probably ten boxes full of CDs. Because at the time, I was just like, I'm going to buy every one of those. I'm going to stick it in my computer. I'm going to rip them to like uncompressed audio, and then I'm going to put the CD in a closet. And it's just like a, it's like a backup, you know. Instead of I having mean, files on a computer, I've got a CD in the closet.
1: And I think that that's that's the smartest thing. But I'm saying, like, most people consume their media, like or like any entertainment through streaming services. Mm-hmm. And if if you think about it, now that I'm thinking about, it, I might switch kind of fucking sucks because you really don't ever own anything Mm -hmm. like if i stop using technically you're buying you're
0: buying a perpetual license exactly for a film and if the whatever store you choose to buy from like let's say prime if prime removes removes the video from distribution because like they there's some sort of like a licensing agreement with the actual with the film distributor bon it's bye you know, no. you don't have. It. Plus, I mean,
1: DVDs are super cheap now too. Mm-hmm. Like Blu-rays I too. Like, I bet. I bet it's. I bet it's cheaper. But I never got into the uh, Blu-ray rage. Like
0: I, I used to own a shit ton of movies. Right.
1: And and now I don't. I don't even. Know. I mean, I
0: literally when I was when I was seventeen. I got it. I mean, I've always liked watching, watching movies. Like I love films and I've always, my family's always bought VHSs and stuff to watch. Cause we always watch a lot of movies, but when I was 17, I got into like really seriously, like collecting media and wanting to have DVDs, Blu-ray CDs. I, <laughs> I built a custom shelf uh in my i had a walk-in closet that i could just stick on one wall and i i made the i made it to fit the absolute maximum amount of blu-rays that i actually like i'm based on the 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 size of blu-ray cases that i could hold like hundreds um i've i've looked at it always before the internet or not before the internet but before media streaming really i looked at it as a it's a physical backup to a de- to a a, a a digital thing which if you've Ever owned a computer for more than (laughs) just ever? If you've ever owned a computer, once you've lost an important file or something, once you're obsessive about backing everything up. So, I've you know, I would buy movies, I used to buy a ton of DVDs, and then I went through and when the leap from DVD to Blu ray was massive in terms Mm -hmm. of quality and content. So I went and replaced all of my favorite films on Blu-ray, and now the jump from uh, 1080p HD Blu-ray to 4K Blu-ray in vid- video-wise is it's easier to do for the players. So, like, I got a budget 4K Blu-ray player for my birthday, and a director mm-hmm. the director's cut of Midsummer in 4K. I wa- I've i watched like three films on it from just a regular 1080p Blu-ray. The upconversion mm-hmm. algorithm on it is so good. Like there is definite detail that you can pull out of a 4K movie that you can't from an upconverted 1080p, but it's so goddamn close. It looks as good as streaming 4K. So it's That's like good. totally acceptable. And like I, I have a pretty big digital media library as well of just like, because you can, you can buy digital films for like five bucks you know they go on sale all Mm -hmm. the time pick them up for nothing and build a little collection you can really Mm -hmm. do the same with blu-rays that's what i used to do is i used just used to hunt the like best buy ads and the amazon listings for like whatever's on sale or cheap and you can pick up hella blu-rays even in 4k for less than 10 bucks and half the time they come with a digital code, so you can have a 4k streaming copy that you can watch in your bedroom and the disc that you can watch in a living room with your blu-ray player it's once you've had like i said once you've had you've lost enough media or you've lost enough important files or your power's gone out. The internet's down. Fuck. What do I do? You're not watching anything on Netflix. That's for sure. So, Mm -hmm. You know, I walk over to my bookshelf and I'm be like, hmm, should I watch Battlestar Galactica for, the, uh, Galactica for like the hundredth time? Sure. Let's do it. But <laughs> we'll pop
1: that in as long as your laptops are, well, you don't, oh, well, I guess, no, you're good. Dude. You don't you need know. internet to watch
0: a DVD. Mm-hmm. No. You're that's dialed the, in? That's the point. It's like, it's funny to me. This is a topic that has come up frequently with my wife when we're just chatting. She is uh, eight years younger than me, so she's technically technically Gen Z, I think, or she's like right on the like the line between like the youngest millennial and the, ol- the oldest Gen Z or something. And it's very common kids from Gen Z are like arguably as technologically illiterate as the boomers. And it blows my mind. But when you think about it, It's because like, so let's say people age 30 to 40, 45 maybe, right? What did we grow up with? We grew up with no internet and then just home computers for computer sake. And then they got the internet and we've gone through this whole like evolution of internet and connectivity and everything and we had to learn how to do, you know, like back in my day, I had to code and DOS, you know, if I wanted to play a video game, I had to learn how to type out the file path. So like C colon backslash, blah, 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 blah. You know, what are kids that have grown up now since like 2002? Somebody just hands them an iPad. You know, it's, it's UI that's made for the easiest, most efficient, efficient touch use. So it's simple. It's just boop, touch it there was no touching anything. So it's like you had to develop this huge problem solving kind of mindset to even just use a computer on a, like an, a basic level. And mm. people don't have to do that now that I wonder if it is going to come back to bite us as a society in the ass, because technology oh, is dude. so built. It's like everything about the modern world is some sort of juiced up computer.
1: Oh, dude, there's a hundred percent. Dude, if we have a giant cataclysmic event,
0: right? We're fucked, dude. If the soul, if the sun decides to shoot off a, a oh, coronal man, mass a ejection, solar, good or night. It's flare. the dark ages.
1: It's the dark ages. Because I, I don't know how to code. I can't make the internet. Like ninety, <laughs> I can't make the internet. <laughs> I'm going to ninety-nine point nine percent. How do you make the are, internet do the thing? Help me. And that would wipe out all. We just, we, you fucking did it. We just went, we just went, we just went bummer. Uh, we could, we could, we could, we, sneak couldn't in make, there. We, yeah, we couldn't make. we couldn't make. Uh, all of the refrigeration would be screwed. Like how many people know how to go out? How many people know how to salt food or, or preserve food, canned mm-hmm. food even? Like none of that should no be one, lost. You know. all of these. I mean, I do. Who I knows how to corn a moose in a fine. barrel?
0: I'm pretty sure it's only the person that wrote the book that my mother read in like the fifth grade and my mother. Uh, like, <laughs> we're. I'll be just fine. But Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll, f- next- I'll figure that shit out. I'm good. I'm good in the woods. Give me a weekend and a hatchet. I'll be fine.
1: <laughs> um, but it is interesting, man. We, we, I mean, that was a uh, one thing that Corona, I thought more people would change, right? Like that really for a second, it kind of, it kind of showed how thinly held together our society is. People lost their fucking minds yeah yeah i and it's it's amazing that the logistical infrastructure of, of the transportation infrastructure held up we
0: were everyone i mean i mean how look at the transportation infrastructure held up look at la they locked down and within how long 10 days there was no smog at all yeah it, it but, blows I mean, my mind more people weren't just like Man, ten days well, hold on, is all hold it, on, it took. Hold on,
1: one second. Uh, well, hold on, one second. I gotta um, also throw something else out there. What mm-hmm. I'm talking about when I say the trans, the like transportation network, because there's probably someone in transport. Are you thinking I'm more like logistics? About- I'm not talking about shipping containers coming uh, via boat. I'm talking about trucks rolling mm-hmm. domestically, yeah. bringing food to stores. That was okay. That was mm-hmm. intact. If that ever shut down, we we have nothing. See- no, we cease being nice to each other and people start dying. Oh, yeah. Because if you can't buy food, like, we're, we're kind of fucked. Like, there, there are people that are preppers that will grow things and they'll oh, be yeah. all right. But the vast majority of Americans... Like, Shit, if you
0: live in a city, can't. it's going to be chaos it'll be like the fucking toilet paper panic of 2020 it'd
1: be it'd be far worse (laughs) but 10 times worse worse, yeah Yeah. i mean i live i I just have um, a really dear friend of mine's mom just moved to turkey oh cool and she's like i had no idea how great we had it in america Mm -hmm. Uh, they have to grow food sure She's like, we have to grow our own food, and and not because – like, I mean, we, we've always gardened, but we used to give all, all of our excess food away from – um, our, the, to our friends and stuff. She's like, not now. We can that shit. We no. save it because their infrastructure is not as developed as ours, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're not able to get a basic – necessities at the store food Mm -hmm. vegetables all that that just doesn't show up i I I
0: swear to god i'm not going i'm not going bummer right i'm being just i'm being analytically straight go back to what uh when we had uh ben carollo on the show when he was talking about um you know the chinese chinese model if they've already beaten us because they got us addicted to five dollar t-shirts You know, we have this, I was talking about this with my friend Calvin last night, actually, that it's, no one has this, this mindset anymore that, you know, call them normies or whatever you want to, but everybody has this just consume, 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 consume mindset and not in a like, I'm going to go buy this thing once. I'm going to buy a good thing. It's going to be well-made and put together and it's going to last me a long time. And I personally can repair it or somebody I know could, or I could take it to a shop. That's not how things are done. Look at the iPhone. It is genuinely, if you if you have ever built a computer, you have the you have the technical ability to be able to follow like an iFixit uh, tutorial to replace just about any part with in an iPhone. You just need the tools, and it's really easy. But no one's going to do that. You're going to smash your iPhone screen and be like, "Fuck, Steve, can I get a new one?" You know.
1: Yeah. people don't it's repair called-
0: anything and it's because of it's because of the the uh, dmca the digital millennium copyright act in 2000 that removed the right you so like you see anytime you buy an electronic like a um not a phone but anything that's like stationary like a a, a a tv or something like that and they have those like little like stickers that have the like holographic stuff if you tear it off that's like void if you know warranty warranty void if broken that's illegal that's un- it's unethical. I owned this. So what the DMCA did is just like digital films. You, you're not buying a television from Samsung. You're, you're, buying a license you're, to use you're it. buying a license to use that where if it gets down to brass tax in contract law, it ain't yours it's samsung's they've licensed you the right to use that tv and if it breaks it's their prerogative if they if they want to fix it if you open it technically under the law you're committing a crime you're fucking with or you're what, what you're not fucking with some well you are fucking with somebody else's property um that's been a huge thing in europe trying to pass uh and it's actually close to being done the right to repair that yeah isn't
1: yeah it and isn't that going on in the United States as well, though?
0: It was, uh, it was at one point, but in classic American fashion, some giant corporation lobbied, some chode in Congress to take it out of uh, take it out of a bill. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's, that's generally Let's how. Let's see. So happens. the
0: Electronic Rights to Repair first proposed. So it's. Uh, United States, let's see, legislative focus. That's it. They've, there've been people fighting it and trying to get it passed, but I don't think they're like the FTC is sort of trying to start, you know, like pushing, um, pushing companies to let people repair their own things. But the FTC is, I mean, it's any, it's any federal regulatory agency. It's controlled by the top companies in every sector. So, I don't think it's going to happen here. I think it's going to end up being like in Europe where any kind of innovation when it comes to digital rights is going to come from the EU and everyone's going to have to adapt if they want to be in that market, you know, yeah. like, uh, right to repair. God, like another issue I've come full circle. Um, uh, what do they call it? Oh, damn it. Uh, the internet thing that the, uh, they tried to, uh, oh God, open internet, but yeah, when they when they were trying to what's there's the term what's it called? Uh I don't know. I don't know. Open have to internet, it. uh, broadband commitment. Open the internet, net neutrality. Oh. Thank you, net net neutrality, neutrality. The most understood misunderstood thing I have ever learned about. Right when they they package it like when like libertarian types and everything talk about it they're just like no the government can't have control of the internet it's not about the government having control of the internet it's about being having regulation it's the they're literally trying to classify broadband internet as a utility like they did with phones you know in the 40, 30s and 40s when phones came out You know, Mm -hmm. they're trying to make it so that it's utility. Everybody has to have access, can have access to it. You just pay for service, right? Mm -hmm. So if there are, so like technically in your home, if you own your home, that was one thing that passed with phone lines when it became utility is that all of the phone lines in your house and on your property legally are yours and you pay the phone company to come and operate them.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Legally, if you own your home and there's coaxial wire in your walls that you use with Comcast probably because they're a monopoly, they own those wires. You do not. No one is ever actually, it's kind of like the, Queen's, the Queen of England's powers. She still has all the powers that they did before the Magna Carta. They just choose not to use them. So Comcast is not going to come after you if you renovate your house and pull out, you know, replace the lines or whatever. But legally they could.
1: That's right, and for those that don't know, the Queen is the head of state in Canada,
0: uh, the whole Commonwealth, not just yeah, Canada. I know. Yeah, Isn't that it's crazy? insane. I didn't know that until probably like when I was a teenager. I was re- I went on a Wikipedia hole reading about it. That everywhere, like she, like I said, she chooses not to exercise her power, but every single country in the Commonwealth, the second technical second in command,
1: the Prime Minister, the, the Prime the Minister, exactly. and then.
0: There's – in every single decision, there is an advisor that is handpicked by the queen that is there may, helping make those decisions like, say, like a secretary of state would in foreign policy in the United States. So
1: so I believe in Canada that the person that's – is that liaison between the queen and the prime minister is handpicked by the – queen. The, no, no, the prime minister. Ah, I believe. Okay. But Let's not.
0: Uh, I'm not so I'll have 100% to look that sure. Up. Yeah, I'm not 100% yeah, sure yeah. either. But hey, net neutrality. It's great. We should do it. You know, learn about it.
1: I like that. That's, that's, a, good, that's a good place to end. I think so. Um, um, do, do you know what? That's, I'm not going to classify that as a bum. I'm going to classify that as an empowering, mm-hmm. delightfully delicious podcaster. Knowledge is power. So, folks. You are the captain of your spaceship and you can do anything so it's out there get after it fucking be the best you can be thanks for listening folks